Amen. As Kids Church has been dismissed, amen, we want to go to the word of the Lord, Acts, the second chapter. Amen. Acts 2, we start reading verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place, kind of like our setting right now. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. I think we've kind of experienced that already today in the service. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. We, we look forward to an Pentecostal experience every single time we get together. Amen. We don't want it just one day a year, but God, we need it every single day. We need your Spirit every day in our life. Amen. Amen. So I want to preach to you today on this title, simply just Pentecost. Amen. Turn to a few people. Greet them in the name of the Lord as you're seated today. Man, the, the day of Pentecost, to some it was just another day, but to the Jews it was a special day, even before Acts chapter 2, it already was a special day as uh, Brother Pearl mentioned uh, earlier in Sunday school. But today, June 5th, is Pentecost Sunday as we recognize it. Um, it, it didn't fall on today's date, the original one or the yearly one. It would just be, uh, if it wasn't today, it would just be another Sunday for us. And thankfully, we already believe in the Pentecostal experience. And so we receive and feel the outpouring of God's Spirit every time we get together. Because without that, what would it really be, Right. It'd just be a gathering, but hey, uh, we, when we gather together, we want God to show up and we want ha him to have his way, amen, and so we want that Pentecostal experience, and that is uh, crowned with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. But to some, January 5th, uh, or June 5th, sorry, could be uh, just another day, uh, could be a somebody's birthday, um, it's actually my daughter's birthday, um, and, and so uh, we're excited for that, but what we're more excited for is for her to get the Holy Ghost, right? That would be the greatest, that would, that's the greatest gift of all time, amen, that we can, we can get all these gifts, material gifts and presents, but what good are all those things if we haven't received the heavenly gift uh, of the Holy Ghost, him speaking inside of, a, inside of our, our life? And so it's great when you are younger to look forward to uh, your birthday because you get uh, the presents and things. But as you get older, uh, the joys of your birthday seem to quickly dissipate. Uh, it's, you try to cover it up, not let anybody know it's your birthday. When you're younger, you want everybody to know. But as you get older, you hope that cat doesn't get out of the bag. 
But there's always somebody that ruins it, right? Uh, uh, and so uh, those shouts of excitement are quickly replaced with shortness of breath. And um, after you have to blow out so many candles, if you even uh, do that anymore. Um, so the days of getting presents and cards of money are replaced with uh, just cards. And now you have to pay the expenses for your own party. You know, when you're younger, the parties are free, but you get older and you have to fit the bill for for that. So again, we understand why they're not fun anymore. Plus it reminds you that you're just one more year older. Uh, and so is there any day that you kind of anticipate now? Uh, there are holidays, there are family days, special days, or, or maybe just a day off. Anticipate those days. So whatever the, whatever the day that you might be anticipating, you know when it is. And if it's far enough away, you're keeping track in your mind or you got a countdown on your phone or wherever on your fridge. Um, and so you know that the day is coming and it is fastly approaching. And the, the, the sooner you get to that day, the more excitement begins to build up inside. And um, you are anticipating for it to come. This was how the, the Jews were excited for the birth of their Messiah. Uh, the nation of Israel had been looking forward to uh, the birth of this, this baby born of a virgin uh, who would be the king of the Jews, who would come and to rescue them, uh, to save them, to be their savior. Uh, and so for thousands of years, Israel was looking forward to this day the day of the Lord where he would be born. All eyes uh, are, and hearts were secretly hoping that it would come to pass in their lifetime because it's an ancient old prophecy, um, and they, I'm sure they were hoping that maybe, maybe our Savior would come during my time, then I would be able to see my Savior and, and behold their coming King. But the day that Jesus was born finally came, but it was just uh, another day for the masses. As he was born in their backyard and they really didn't even realize when he had come. However, wise men from the east were reading the scriptures and the word of God. And they saw that this day was quickly approaching. And they began their journey to find uh, the Messiah and find him that they did. And so it doesn't matter who you are or how far you are from God, I, I'm here to tell you today that if you begin a search for Jesus Christ, there's going to come a day where you're going to come in contact with him, you're going to find him, and you're going to experience all that he has for you, but you've got to be hungry enough to get to go seek him out and to find him, and he is not very far from every one of us, it just takes our whole heart of looking for him. The wise men were from the east, uh, hundreds or thousands of miles away, but yet somehow they found Jesus. While, while Jesus' own people, the Israelites, were living right next door, right, right across town, and did they find him? If they weren't seeking for him, then they won't find him. And sadly, many of, this, many of the people of the world today are not really seeking after Jesus. 
There's so many other things to seek after for. And as long as you're seeking after something else besides him, uh, you will not find him. But the moment you find, uh, you turn, the moment you find an altar, the moment you come to yourself and say, I've got to turn from my ways. I've tried long enough. I've gone far enough in this world, and I haven't found anything that fills that hole inside. I'm here to tell you you're in the right place today where you can get a hold of Jesus Christ at an altar today at, at a pew, at, a, at your chair. If you're hungry enough, today is the day that he wants to pour out his spirit in your life. Amen. But we have to be ready to receive him. Amen. And so uh, the day came and all of heaven rejoiced at uh, the coming and the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in the manger. And uh, we know that uh, the heavenly host was there, and so it was a great and glorious day. And uh, as great of a day that was, I know that the Lord was looking forward to that day. Uh, but there's even more days ahead that Jesus was looking forward to, obviously, uh, the day that he died on the cross and paid the sin debt of all mankind. Aren't you thankful for that day, the day that he was crucified? Uh, but also, the, the day after, uh, after that, another day was fastly approaching in the mind of God, and that was the day of Pentecost. I, I think that uh, Jesus was looking forward to the day of Pentecost just like every other day. Why? Because it's a special day that he can pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and those that are hungry enough to receive his spirit will receive his spirit and will be baptized and repent of their sins, amen, and, and experience what God has for them. And, and so the day of Pentecost came, and all of Israel uh, wore... Uh, we're, we're there celebrating uh, this day because it was another day on the calendar, but God was getting ready to, to blow their minds uh, because this was going to be a Pentecost like none other. Amen. So it doesn't matter how many Pentecostal services you've been to. Uh, don't settle for those. We should always be looking for a new experience in God, a new touch from God, a fresh outpouring. God, I, I felt you last week, but hey, today is a new day. I need a fresh outpouring in my life today. Amen. I need to be the, the rivers of living water to flow out of me again today. Amen. So we should always be looking for a new and fresh experience from God. Amen. Not leaning upon our old experiences, but hey, uh, we need a new Pentecostal experience every single day. And so uh, Pentecost came. This was the annual holiday for the Jews, referred to as the Feast of Weeks. And one of the holidays or feasts that they were commanded to observe. And we see in Leviticus 13, 23 the, the scripture for this. And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days. And ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. And you shall bring out of your habitations two wave offerings of two-tenth deals, and they shall be of fine flour, and they shall be bacon with leaven, and they are first fruits unto the Lord. 
Uh, and so this began the, uh, the, the celebration of the first fruits, or the Feast of Weeks, um, the Pentecostal uh, experience uh, was poured out on this day. And so 50 days after Passover, uh, the feast uh, commemorated that the Israelites were being saved uh, uh, from the, the death angel by the sprinkling of the blood upon their doorpost, uh, the Passover. And 50 days after that, uh, they were commended to, uh, commanded to celebrate again the first fruits. So the word Pentecostal literally means 50, a, a number that points to fullness uh, ripeness uh, to a time when something is about to happen. When things come to full bloom, you know that something is getting ready to happen. And so the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that the 50 days were there, hey, something is getting ready to happen, and they heard a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Why? Because the time is now, the time was ready for God to do something in their life, uh, and it, he poured out his spirit uh, on that day, and it also was the marking of the uh, birthday of the church. Uh, Pentecost Sunday is when the church began, officially began in, in Scripture, and so as much as we like to celebrate birthdays, today is the birthday of the church, and aren't you thankful for the church of the living God? Where would we be without the church? Where would we be without the name of Jesus? Where would we be without baptism in his name and infilling of the Holy Ghost? We would not be here today, uh, and so we are to celebrate, amen, the birth of the church by the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And the greatest way that you can participate in that uh, celebration of the church is for you to be a part of the church. And to be a part of the church is for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, and you will be added to the church just like they were on the day of Pentecost. Amen. So Pentecost was the celebration day. Amen. The 50 days of completeness. And Scripture tells us that they were, uh, that once they started putting the sickle to the corn, meaning that when the corn was ripe uh, and ready to be harvested, uh, when they started harvesting the corn, they were to count seven weeks and then have a feast, which was Pentecost. And on Pentecost, people were pouring in from all over uh uh, Israel into Jerusalem to celebrate because this was an annual feast, an annual celebration. They were rejoicing over the harvest that they have in their life. They're rejoicing over the first fruits, what God had blessed them with, and they were to bring an offering unto the Lord. And to, uh, anytime you come rejoicing unto the Lord and you have an offering in your hand, guess what? You're going to get something out of that uh, because God is always looking for somebody to, hey, just to pour something on the altar, and he's going to bless anybody that decides, hey, I'm coming to rejoice with the Lord. I'm coming to lift up the name of the Lord. I'm coming to magnify him. And just don't come empty-handed. Come with a sacrifice. 
come with an offering in your hand and say, God has done so much for me. I can't come empty-handed. I can't come without giving something today. If you don't have money, you come give, raising your hands. You come praising God. You come singing and you come shouting because we all have something to give God today, whether it's a shout with a voice of triumph or a hand clap of praise or a, or a worship in the Lord. We all have something to give God today. Amen. The more that we give God, the more that we pour out, the more that God is going to pour back in. Amen. So I don't want to hold on to everything that I have. Might as well give it all. If I know I'm going to get something new, you might as well get rid of all the old. Get rid of all that dirt and dust in your life and say, God, give me a fresh touch, a fresh outpouring. But we have to come with an offering in hand and say, God, here is what I'm bringing to you today. And there are many ways we can give an offering. And so just don't leave here without giving God something. Amen. Amen. And so uh, everyone was pouring into Jerusalem, uh, Deuteronomy 16 and 10. And thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with a tribute of a freewill offering of thine hand. And so uh, we're not going to tell you what to give. It's a free will. Whatever you feel like giving to God, that's what you need to give today. Just make sure you're giving God something. Amen. Uh, which thou shalt give unto the Lord according to the Lord thy God has blessed thee. Amen. And they were to give a free will offering. Amen. Whatever God moved on their heart, whatever they looked around and took an inventory uh, of their blessings. Uh, uh, we, are, we are blessed beyond measure. If we actually sit down and really have a good heart to heart and think about it. We are a blessed people. And so there should be no reason why we should not come to church and give God something, right? Uh, because he has blessed us beyond measure. He has been too good to us with long suffering and patience. Amen. That we have plenty to give him. Amen. Deuteronomy 16 11, Thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou and thy son, thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within thy gates, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow that are among you in the place which the Lord thy God has chosen to place his name there. And so the commandment was not just certain people were to come and give God praise and thanks on Pentecost, but it says everybody, from the young to the old, you come and give God praise and give him a blessing uh, for every son and every daughter, from the rich to the poor, even the stranger and the fatherless and the widows, everybody was invited to come. Hey, this is the day we're all coming and giving God thanks, and we shouldn't wait just for one day a year, but every single day, hey, we're going to come and give God thanks. Every Sunday, every time the doors are open, I've got a reason to rejoice. I've got a reason to come and give God praise because he has blessed me and I'm still here to give him praise and I don't want to come empty-handed because he said to come with a free will offering. Even Paul, as busy as Paul was going around the world, uh, preaching the gospel, establishing churches and, and doing the work of the Lord, even Paul did not want to miss out on Pentecost. In Acts chapter 20 and 16, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus 
because he would not spend the time in Asia, and you know his heart was in Asia, uh, for he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem at the day uh, of Pentecost. And so uh, Paul was across the world, and he says, hey, I can't stop there, hey, because Pentecost is coming up, and I don't want to miss out on what God's going to do this year on Pentecost Sunday. And so we should have that same mindset. Hey, nothing's going to get in my way. I got to get to church. I got to get into the household of God. I got to get there uh, uh, to feel his presence and to bring him a free will offering. You see, we have more of a scriptural backing and foundation to celebrate Pentecost than we do Christmas. We can't really find Christmas in the Bible, can we? We know he was born, but we, we, you know, we put a date on the calendar for that. But here we see the Apostle Paul saying, hey, I got to drop everything. I got to go back to Jerusalem. Why? It's because it's Pentecost. There's no other day like Pentecost. We need to grab a hold of, hey, there's no day like Pentecost Sunday. We got to do everything we can. I don't want to miss out on that day and not just that day, but every single day can be a Pentecost experience. We don't have to wait. And so if you are hungry enough, God will fill you with his spirit. Amen. And the day of Pentecost is the day it all began. And so not only was everyone invited to come, but they were all invited to participate. All invited to participate. If you're coming, you might as well participate, right? There's no sense in sitting on the sidelines. You might as well get in and jump in the pool with everybody else. It's one thing to go and, and, and show up to a place and to watch it from the sidelines. But it's another thing to, to get in and get involved and participate in what God is doing and experience it for yourself. As, as Brother Pearl was talking about, the, the experiencing it for yourself. Uh, and so it's another one thing to show up to church which is good, we're, we're thankful everybody's here. But it's another thing to, hey, let's, while I'm here, I might as well get involved. I might as well clap my hands. I might as well start singing. Uh, I might as well follow the words on the screen. I might as well give him a praise offering. I might as well lift my hands. I might as well get involved with God, what God is doing here if I'm already here. Because people that are on the sidelines that are not involved, Amen. They can just start uh, to to look at everything, and criticize, and critique, and uh, and point fingers, and and look at or look or laugh or what everyone else is doing or not doing. It reminds me of when David was bringing the Ark of the Lord back into Jerusalem. He was right down in front. He was praising, worshiping God, giving God thanks, and a and a joyous celebration. And uh, but his wife, Michael, uh, she wasn't involved. She was there for the event, but she wasn't involved. She was on the sidelines watching from afar. And 2 Samuel says, So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David, her husband, uh, leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And so while, while David was over there giving his heart to God, uh, Michael was filling her heart with disdain uh, for somebody else uh, pouring themselves out to God. 
but I don't know about you, but when the Spirit of God is moving, I don't just want to be on the sidelines, but hey, I want to be involved. I want to be there with everybody else worshiping God. Uh, if others are getting blessed, I want to be blessed. If others are speaking in tongues, I want to speak in tongues. I don't want to be on the sidelines and miss out on what God is trying to do. If people are being healed, hey, I need a healing here. I want to jump in the pool of uh, being touched. If others are receiving something from God, I just don't want to be a bystander. I need something from God. Because God has been too good to me for just to sit one out on the sidelines. But if God, you've got something, then he's got something for every single one of us today. And it's just a matter of whether or not we're going to get in and, and participate in what God has in store. And so he's brought us so far for me not to get involved. Uh, he's, he's been too good for me, for, for me to come all the way to the church and not to do anything, and to not clap or to not bring an offering of, of praise and worship to him. And so I'm going to get involved, and I, uh, everyone that does get involved, I, I know are thankful and are blessed that they did. Why there's enough regret out there in this world, why, why bring it into the church? You know, you don't want to come to church, man, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have worshiped more. We don't need regret in here. We just need to get involved and, and let God have his way. Amen. Let go of ourselves. Let go of our pride and uh, our mentality, our thinking. Say, hey, we're here for God. We're here to give him praise. And whatever he wants to do, we're going to allow him and want him to do. And so what is, this was the uh, Pentecost, was the uh, uh, Feast of First Fruits where they were celebrating that. Uh, so what is our first fruit? Uh, what is the firstborn of the harvest? Uh, it's, it's, it's not a what, but it's a who. Jesus is the first fruit or the firstborn. And it, was, it is him who we get to celebrate and rejoice because he, God gave him his life uh, for us as a gift to mankind. Uh, Colossians 1 and 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us to meet uh, meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And so while the Jews had an actual harvest and they were celebrating the first fruits. Uh, of their harvest at Pentecost, we have a first fruit or a firstborn of every creature that we get an opportunity to celebrate, and that is Jesus Christ. And so when a day of Pentecost comes, we have a reason to celebrate. Even though we're not farmers and we don't live by that, we still have a reason to celebrate. We have a first fruit that we're going to give. We have a wave offering that we can offer praise and worship, and we can rejoice and offer what God has done in our lives and how he has blessed us, and that is from the firstborn of every, cre uh, every creature, the death of Jesus Amen, and we would not be here without that. And so the celebration of Pentecost uh, wasn't just held at any location, but at the end of verse 11, uh, Deuteronomy 16 and 11, God gives a specific location 
where this feast, where this celebration is going to take place. Uh, Deuteronomy 16 and 11, thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, and thou and thy son, thy daughter, thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within the gates, the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow that are among you. Uh, where are you going to do this? Where are you going to rejoice? In the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to place his name there. And so it's not the, the, the rejoicing and the celebration is not just in any place, but it's in the place where God is going to choose to put his name. And when they received this law, they were uh, on the move in the wilderness. Uh, there wasn't an established, they weren't really an established country with borders or uh, they hadn't entered the promised land yet. Uh, and so the place where God would place his name wasn't revealed to them yet, uh, uh, but he was just telling them to prepare and to be ready for it. Um, it wasn't uh, just one physical location on the earth because uh, its location could change at that time because uh, Jerusalem was not built. They did not have uh, the temple there, but they did have the tabernacle. And so the place where they were going to rejoice in is wherever the Spirit of God was. Whenever the cloud came down by day and the pillar of fire came down by night, hovering over the, the tabernacle, that's the place where God was placing his name for that day, for that week or that month. And so if the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of uh, First Fruits and, and Pentecost came up, uh, they knew exactly where to bring their offering was wherever, the, wherever God was. Uh, but... As time passes, they become more established, a country and cities. And we know that the Bible uh, declares that God has chosen Jerusalem to place his name. Uh, and the temple there where King David and Solomon there uh, helped uh, build that. And the glory of God came down and, and God placed his name there. Anytime uh, God's name, uh, God's glory comes down, his name is going to be there and there's going to be uh, a supernatural experience, amen, when the glory of God touches down, amen. Uh, and so the dedication of the temple, we know, you can look it up, read it, uh, they, the, the glory of God was so thick that they couldn't even, they had to stop uh, from uh, their ceremony and schedules because they couldn't uh, do anything because the glory of God was there. And so uh, the name of God now has been placed in Jerusalem and that is where uh, God uh, decided to uh, pour out his spirit there. Um, and we know that uh, it, things changed because the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. Uh, and so now you're, you're kind of, uh, you don't have that physical location, the exact GPS coordinates. And so now you kind of go back to the tabernacle where you're just kind of always moving. Wherever God's, wherever God is, that's where you want to be, right? Uh, and so it doesn't matter the place or the location. You just want there, uh, the presence of God to be there and his name to be on the place. Uh, and so we aren't in Jerusalem. So how do we celebrate Pentecost? Acts 7.48 says, how be it the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. And so we know now that he does not dwell in physical buildings or temples that are made with hands. 
but he dwells where he decides to place his name. And the God of heaven and earth wants to place his name over us and dwell inside of us. That way, wherever we go, that's where God is. That's where his name is. That's where his glory is. That's where his spirit is going to be, is inside of us because we have now uh, become the temple in 1 Corinthians 6.19. What? Know ye not that your body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So we're not Jews, and so we don't have the commandment to go to a physical location. Uh, us Gentiles, uh, Pentecost can only happen now in one place, and that is in your body. Pentecost can only happen in your body. It isn't going to happen in a church building even though we are here assembled together or an office building or a grocery store in your home. A real Pentecostal celebration can only happen inside of your body once your body becomes a temple of the Holy Ghost and the infilling of God, Spirit comes inside of us. Uh, and so, but your body needs to be a place that God has placed his name on. Because that's what he said, right? Wherever I place my name, that's where you're going to rejoice and that's where you're going to celebrate. And so how, does, uh, how do we individually become the place where God places his name in our life? We see this uh, uh, on the day of Pentecost. And then Peter, in Acts 2.38, Peter stood up and he said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so when you get baptized, you need to call upon a name. And what do you call upon? You call upon the name of Jesus. Uh, and so therefore, now God is placing his name uh, upon your body, upon your life. Why? He's preparing for an habitation of his spirit to come and dwell in that place because it's only going to, his spirit's only going to go where his name is, is placed upon. And if you were baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, uh, that's not a name, is it? We didn't speak a name. Father is not a name. Son is not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. Uh, and so being baptized uh, saying the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you haven't said a name. Uh, and so it's still incomplete. Your life still hasn't taken on the name of Jesus, the name of God, uh, because Jesus is that name. We know that his name is a name above all names. Acts 4.10, be it known unto you all and to all people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye have crucified, who we have raised, who God raised from the dead, even by him doth this Man, stand before you whole, that this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so the name of Jesus is the name that we're going to call upon when we are baptized because that is the name of God. And I want his spirit to come inside of me because I want his name to be upon my body. And then my body becomes a temple, the habitation of the Holy Ghost. But it can only happen once you are repent of your sin and you are baptized in Jesus' name and then the Holy Ghost comes and lives inside of you because God has placed his name 
on your body and on your life. Philippians 2 and 9, wherefore God hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name. The name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, things in heaven, things in the earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there is no greater name in this life that we can call upon than the name of Jesus. And so why would we not get baptized calling upon the name of Jesus? I want his name upon my life. I want it in me and on me and covering me uh, because we know that once his name is placed there, his glory and his spirit is going to dwell there. It's funny how we don't see the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Ghost anywhere else in any other passages. Nowhere else is that passage uh, mentioned in Scripture. And, but we do see the name of Jesus uh, being proclaimed and being baptized. Uh, people baptize many Scriptures with uh, biblical evidence of people baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, because Jesus is the name of the Father. Uh, Father is not a name. John 5 and 43, Jesus is saying, I come in my Father's name. So if Jesus is saying, I come in my Father's name, my name is Jesus, and I come in my Father's name. So the name of the Father is Jesus. We know the name of the Son is obviously Jesus. And uh, the name of the Holy Ghost, John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, uh, he shall teach you all things. So the Holy Ghost is coming in the name of Jesus. So the name of the Father is Jesus. name of the Son is Jesus. name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. So why not just say, baptize me in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins and let the name of God be placed upon my life, covering my body, preparing me for an habitation of his Holy Spirit to come inside of me and I can have a Pentecostal experience and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives me the utterance, and so that is the, the, the Pentecostal experience, and that is how the church was born uh, because they were all in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Father. They were waiting for what God had in store, and they began to speak in other tongues and were baptized in Jesus' name. And so if you have not been baptized, speaking with a preacher saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, uh, you need to do that today. We invite you to do that. What a better day to get the name of God upon your life than the day of Pentecost where there's an outpouring waiting for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so we have everything ready if you want to do that. Amen. He wants uh, to come and live inside of you. Uh, he does, doesn't, God, we feel his spirit in, in this building. But God doesn't live in this building. He lives inside of each and every one of us. And so when we all come in here and we all start praising and worshiping and the Holy Ghost starts pouring out of our lives and out of our mouth, we begin to feel the manifestation of God in here. But he doesn't live here. He wants to go home and live inside of you. Amen. And so uh, he wants us to uh, follow after his spirit and follow the commandments of God. And not only that, but when we get the Holy Ghost, we are told that we receive power 
from, from God, from the Spirit. Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. And so receiving the Holy Ghost is the greatest thing that can ever happen to you in this life. Amen. You can win the lottery and become an instant millionaire and that would be a great thing, but would not be greater than receiving the Holy Ghost because it's the Spirit of God living inside of you and transforming you and changing you and giving you things that money cannot buy uh, uh, and touching you like this world cannot touch. And so uh, receiving the Holy Ghost is the greatest thing. And if you have received it uh, and you're disappointed, then I don't, I, can, I don't know what to tell you because there's nothing else. You better go back and pray through and figure out you must have got it wrong somewhere uh, because the Holy Ghost is the greatest thing and the only thing that God has given to us uh, that to sustain us and give us through this life to live for him is the Holy Ghost. And so we need that in our life now more than ever and we want to make sure the rivers uh, of living water are flowing out of us as uh, Jesus told us it would. And so as much as your life can be changed by uh, money and all these things, uh, you cannot buy a ticket into heaven. You can't get into heaven without the Holy Ghost uh, and without being baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, Jesus said in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man uh, be born uh, of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so unless you have your own Pentecostal experience, uh, born of the water and infilling of the Holy Ghost, amen, Jesus said you're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and so what better way, uh, what better reason to say, God, I need, I need you in my life. I need to get the Holy Ghost. I need to repent of my sins. I need to be baptized in Jesus' name, just like the apostles preach and your word declares. Amen. And so... Uh, if you haven't been baptized, today is your lucky day because we have everything ready. If you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, you need to make sure your heart is right and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And then we can baptize you if you haven't got that either. Whatever uh, you need from God is, is available today, but we got to be willing to say, God, I know I need something from you. I may not understand everything. That's okay. We've been here long enough. We can help you too, help you pray through it and help, and help you uh, in the word of God so that God can do something in your life today. Musicians, if you would come, uh, Acts 2, our text, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit uh, gave them utterance. And so today is that same exact day. Today connects us 2,000 years ago uh, with the, the initial outpouring of, of the church and the Holy Ghost. Um, and it's amazing that uh, how Pentecost has changed everything. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's the pivot point uh, from... Pivoting away from the Old Testament and now to the New, New Testament, what God has in store for us and is uh, under the law of grace and receiving the Holy Ghost. 
that all shifted at Pentecost because it was something new uh, that God did in their life and in, in Jerusalem. And so uh, God wants to do something new in your life today. Uh, if you're tired of the old mundane going through the motions, hey, that's okay. You're in the right place. It's Pentecost Sunday. All you need is a fresh touch from God, a fresh outpouring, a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. God wants to do something new in your life, but you got to be willing to say, God, I need that. And uh, since it initially happened on the day of Pentecost, it doesn't mean that you can only receive it on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, as I've uh, spoken, that it can happen any day. Any day you decide to open up to God and find an altar, you can receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, whenever you are ready for it, God is ready to give it to you. And then you will be filled with His Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost takes over your body because it becomes the temple uh, of, of God. And um, interesting enough that there was a study done uh, about uh, the crazy Pentecostals, people that are speaking in tongues. And you know the, the people on, the, on the, uh, the bystanders, the ones who are not involved in the Pentecostal experience, they can easily look and analyze and say, we need to look into this because we're not getting involved. We just we want to look. That's what happens to the bystanders. They just want to critique and criticize things. So uh, some scientists, smart people, decided to get together and we want to figure out what exactly happens when these so-called people speak in so-called tongues. Uh, we want to we want to examine what's going on, and we have the technology to do that. The MRIs and CAT scans or whatever. I don't know how uh, they they did this experiment, but obviously they did one. Um, scientists took brain images from worshipers as they were speaking in tongues and as they were singing. Uh, so while they're speaking in tongues, and then more pictures while they were singing. And they compared the two images because those things happen in a church service, right? You got singing and praising and worshiping God and you got people uh, speaking in tongues. And they compared the two things, the two images of the frontal lobe uh, of where your, uh, uh, your willful thinking is the part of your brain that you actually have your thoughts and, you know, whatever you think you're going to say and the words you put together, they first gather in your mind. Uh, sometimes it takes a little bit longer for to gather, uh, but uh, eventually things gather in your mind and they come out of your mouth. Uh, and so they were analyzing people singing worship songs uh, because we see the songs and we're processing it and we're saying the words. And then they are also looking at people speaking in tongues because your tongue's still moving, right? You're still saying stuff. Uh, we don't understand what it is. Uh, but uh, you're saying something. So there's obviously a connection, same part of the brain, right, uh, that controls your speech. And um, what they noticed uh, was a number of changes, lots of different things between singing and speaking in tongues. And what they found out was while, while you're singing, you, you are processing, you're using your brain to say these words. But when they were speaking in tongues... There wasn't any really activity in the, in the front part of your brain. Meaning that they weren't even processing what they were saying. 
meaning that the Holy Ghost was actually uh, controlling their mind and controlling their mouth, and they had no control over it. Uh, that's scientifically been proven that once the Holy Ghost comes inside of you, hey, you can't fake it. You can try speaking in tongues and thinking, but hey, once you get a hold of the real Holy Ghost, you're not going to be able to figure it out. You just got to go along with it and say, God, uh, whatever you want to do, I don't know what I'm saying. I can't try to control it, but hey, God's Spirit is actively controlling and moving my tongue and I don't even know what I'm saying I can't my brain is not even processing it amen it's scientifically been proven that uh, we are not in control when we speak in tongues that's okay with me because that's what the Bible talks about. That just backs up my biblical experience. Hey, that Pentecost is real. That is more than just a historical event. Every single day, hey, I want to feel the Holy Ghost. I want to experience the Pentecostal experience. Amen. And you can have that today. If you stand with me today. Acts chapter 10, 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How do they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They know, hey, you can't fake that. You can't fake the Holy Ghost speaking another language. That's, got to, that's a supernatural thing, and we know only God can do that. And so, hey, we hear them saying something, hey, God's doing something in their life, and we're going to rejoice with them. And so they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, and then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have not received the Holy Ghost as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Well, why didn't Peter say that? He said, I command them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, which is the name of Jesus. And they prayed them to tarry certain days. So that is the Pentecostal experience, not just on the day of Pentecost, but this was many years afterwards, but even still, Peter is there, and he's still preaching the same exact thing, repent of your sins, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost, and he will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. And so it doesn't matter what day it is, God wants you to have a Pentecostal experience. He wants to pour out his Spirit in your life, and today it happens to be that day, and we want him to do that again today. And so it's not tied to a certain day or place. But wherever the Lord chooses to place his name, that's where something supernatural is going to happen. And so why was Pentecost the day that God decided to do that? And why was he looking forward to such a day? The answer lies in the beginning of time with the making of his greatest creation of mankind in Genesis 3 and 8, and they heard the voice of the Lord God, Adam and Eve, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees of the garden. So in the garden of Eden, in the place of paradise, perfection, God would come down, his spirit would come down, and his voice would come down and walk with man. And they would commune with one another. They would talk and just, and you have a, rela a relationship is when two people are just there talking and communicating. And so God would come and do this every single day and he would walk with his creation. 
and they would they would converse about whatever how the days were going how the animals were behaving and what was growing in the in the gardens and all these things and so there was a relationship that God and man had and God loved this so much spending time with his people but when Adam and Eve sinned and uh, it separated man from the presence of God it became this gap we cannot get we cannot get in communion with God because we are a sinful people and we are unholy and God is holy and he is pure and so we can't get close to him anymore like we used to and uh, for thousands of years God was waiting day by day week by week year by year earnestly waiting for that day where he could once again walk with his creation that he can be so close to them that his voice can be that we can hear his voice and that we can feel his his spirit and and that day finally happened on the day of Pentecost when he declared his name upon the place and our hearts our hearts were open and his spirit now came inside and began to fellowship with man uh, again and now we have this communion and so when we repent of our sins and ask God to remove all the filth of our life and mistakes and faults and failures he forgives us of those and then we are commanded to go get baptized in Jesus name for the remission of our sins let's, let's wash away all those sins and also him placing his name upon our life and then we began to receive His Spirit evidenced and speaking in other tongues. And so finally the day that God had been waiting for had arrived. And it's been happening ever since. And I'm so thankful for the, for the opportunity to experience Pentecost in my life and I know in your life. And if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, today is the day you need to do that. Say, I need to start making a step towards God. I need to do something different in my life. I'm tired of living the way that I've been living. But God, I need more of you in my life. Amen. And those of us that have already received that Pentecostal experience, it's, a, it's another day that we can get refilled. Uh, we can say, God, I, maybe it's been a while since I've uh, spoken in tongues. Hey, today is the day that you can come out of here speaking in tongues again like you used to, even better, even more than ever before. Amen. Because we cannot contain when the Spirit begins to move in our lives. Amen. And, and Pentecost changes everything from the Old to the New Testament. But also in these latter days, Pentecost is the pivot that people have, have moved away from. Because the Bible talks about in the last days there's going to be mockers and scoffers, people who are on the sidelines looking in and pointing and making fun and laughing or whatever, criticizing or whatever, trying to shut down. And there's also going to be people who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Meaning... We, we understand it all, but hey, Pentecost, is, that experience is not for us. Speaking in tongues is not for us. That was for them back then. And so they, they, they're, they're, they're close, 
They're, they have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power. Where does the power come from? The power only comes from the Holy Ghost, and when you're in filled with the Holy Ghost. And so if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have anything. You're close, but hey, it's not enough. God has something for each and every one of us, and that is to be baptized in his name and to fill with the Holy Ghost. And so as we begin to, as we open this altar today and we begin to worship, I would like if, if everyone, we can all, we all can come down. And let's bring a free will offering. We have got something to give God praise for. Let's come down here and let's get a hold of God and let his spirit move in our lives. Amen. Let's not leave until we get a fresh touch from God. Till we hear that Holy Ghost come down in our lives and speak in our lives. Come on. Will you come? Will you come? Will you bring a gift today? Will you bring an offering of thanksgiving? Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I know there is God, I need more of you in my life. Come on, let's begin. Let's have that Pentecostal experience here today. Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, just let it go. Why don't you pray in tongues?